welcome to the Priestess Mercury podcast. It's been a minute. Life it has. <laughs> yeah, life, as we all know. And we'll open today with our invocation. Please join us in this invocation. And we call upon the north, the east, the south, and the west, earth, air, fire, and water. And we're calling upon the full moon and Scorpio and Uranus in opposition and Saturn in square and the sun, the secret key and all of our angels, ancestors and allies and everyone listening, all of their angels, ancestors and allies to come forth to bring us into center, grounded, true self awake and aware, heart open in the seat of the soul, like the lily coming through the mud. May Priestess Mercury course through Matt and I in this conversation flow today. So mode it be. So mode it be. And so, uh... Maybe we should uh, get started. It's been uh, uh, a hot minute. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, had a lot going on personally that uh, required a little bit of a break taking, but we're back. Um, and uh, we'll dig in today with the uh, full moon in Scorpio that uh, just happened uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday in the evening here on the West Coast, that was at like 8.30 uh, at night. So just as the uh, moon is, you know, nice and high in the sky and it's starting to get dark. Uh, 8.30 Monday, that is, depending on when you're listening, April 26th. Right. And so now we're on that track uh, from the full moon uh, heading towards the new moon in Taurus on uh, May 11th. Um, and so, you know, we should uh, probably talk today about that latter half of the moon cycle and, you know, what was going on with the moon, uh, the new or the full moon yesterday and, uh, you know, where we want to uh, get ourselves uh, situated toward uh, with the new moon coming up in a couple of weeks. And just to clarify that the full moon is super strong. The energies are super strong three days before, three days after. If you're listening to this three days within Monday evening, we're still super in it. And, and that also the way the full moons and the new moons work is that the full moon energy is a two-week cycle going from the waning full moon to the new moon. And when we have the new moon, that'll initiate a month-long cycle, new moon to new moon. But when the full moon comes two weeks later, it's the waning portion of the new moon. So it's like the new moon's the broader cycle, new moon to new moon. And then the full moon is like the halfway point, the point where we make room. I like how you said, Matt, we make room in the witchier term, we banish release, let go, surrender, make room, clear out. And that the full moon, as it illuminates the big 
ball of light in the darkness that is like the bringing up from the shadow or bringing up from within what we need to see in order to make room. So that's, and in dealing with Scorpio, which is the ultimate sign or archetype for excavating the shadow, Mm -hmm. going deep in and bringing up the roots of what we need to see, wounds, traits, gifts, experiences, anything that we've pushed down or haven't been able to process or have never even looked at before in our life, even could just be aspects of yourself that you've never really met before that are coming up for the first time even. It's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, yes, traumas, yes, wounds, yes, hard feelings that you've had to push down and also can be gifts and aspects of the self that are really beneficial and beautiful that you you haven't been ready for that can also be coming up. Yeah, I mean, Scorpio is that uh, kind of libidinal energy that uh, comes up from the depths of the soul uh, it's the, it's kind of the intensity, uh, the, f- it's the fixedness of our emotions, but, you know, it's our emotions in some sense that they're most raw, uh, and exposed. Um, and it's, uh, it can be, you know, a lot to encounter. Um, but, you know, we have this, uh, full moon at least once a year. Uh, in Scorpio, and it does ask us to kind of look at uh, look at ourselves at a more raw state, uh, and to you know be come to ourselves like on a, with an honest appraisal, uh, and to you know let the things out, and not to like as you were saying, Michelle, repress when we shove the things back down that we don't like, uh, then you know they tend to come back at us later on uh, in ways that we don't expect. Yes, yeah, scarier, grosser, gnarlier. Um, and and yeah, Scorpio, which I just have to say I'm a Scorpio son, so I love it. I'm not afraid <laughs> of any darkness or feeling. And I and, but I am tender toward the other archetypes and and though you know I want to be tender toward that. Uh, because Scorpio is, it's very intense. It can be likened to magma and like volcanic magma, those kind of feelings or like Matt said, libidinal as Freud called the psych, the libido, not just our sexual. I mean, we tend to think libido is sexual, but it's actually just that motivational energy that the energy within to merge, to connect to live, to go forth, Mm -hmm. like a very primal base life force energy and all of those moods and feelings that are connected to that. Right, because Scorpio was classically thought of as being ruled by, or the house of Mars. Uh, It's Mars's uh, kind of feminine side Um, and it, you know, there is a type of uh, drive and motivation that comes from that, you know, that emotional state. It's not just the impulse to life that we get from Aries, but there's that, uh, 
that emotional body that also drives us. And that's uh, part of what, uh, what we encounter in Scorpio. And yeah. it's necessary for all of us. Like we, we would all be couch potatoes in some sense, uh, or just, uh, you know, animals, purely animals going out there and uh, just, you know, living off of our instincts, which is that Aries impulse. But yeah, the uh, Scorpio is what you desire. Right. It's it's your it's your deep soul hungers, your deep soul longings, what you really want in your heart of hearts, like that deep desire within you is Scorpio. And the Scorpio, Linda Goodman broke up the Scorpio into the three archetypes of the um, eagle as the high Scorpio, the what are they, Matt? A blanking. Um, oh, yeah. I'm drawing blanking. a blank at the moment, too. I'm uh, drawing a blank, but the lower Scorpio is the shadow of Scorpio, and the lower Scorpio is very manipulative and controlling, uh, which, if any of you have Scorpio parents or partners or exes or friends that are lower Scorpio, it's a lot to deal with because they want to control and dominate you, manipulate you emotionally. Yucky yuck. The higher Scorpio is transformation. And this is where Pluto comes in as the new ruler when Pluto was discovered of transforming the compost, the rebirth, the phoenix, that to let die what needs to die and then to rebirth and to transform. And Scorpio's, whether it's, a, however Scorpio is in your chart, when it's a strong personal planet, you will go through constant transformations. I mean, I can say as a Scorpio son, who I was, I mean, I think this is my third one I'm, I've been going through. You wouldn't even recognize me. So your incarnations, if you have a Scorpio sun, and I would even say a Scorpio moon, can maybe Scorpio is a little more subtle or internal, but you you become like a completely different person. And then wherever it is, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Lilith, the asteroid, you know, it's like talking about the in the the higher form of Scorpio is to transform the lower nature. If you're trapped in it, is very controlling and manipulative. It's like you have to get your way emotionally. And if you don't, you will find a way to manipulate the other person to give you your way, make them feel bad or make, you know, some controlling thing. Right. Yeah, that shadow side of Mars that, uh, you know, where it's the trying to control uh, and manipulate uh, yeah. other people. Right. And that's Pluto, Pluto and shadow as well. It has to do with power dynamics, power mm -hmm. over and a lower Scorpio. I've known a lot of lower Scorpio men in my lifetime want power. Mm -hmm. They want the power over you, whether they admit it or not, probably will not admit it. <laughs> so that's how that usually works. Yeah, that's how it usually works. No brainer. But yeah, to engage the medicinal, shamanic, spiritual attributes of the Scorpio archetype is to meet your deepest feelings, moods, and desires. 
and to go through the transformational process mm -hmm. that allows your authentic self, your soul, your true self to live out loud, to live on the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things when we're looking at a full moon, uh, we're dealing with the, the sun reflecting its light onto the moon. And so the moon becomes really big and amplified. Um, and so we get Scorpio there across the sky from Taurus, which we've talked about a few times on the podcast here, uh, that archetype of the creature comfort uh, and the uh, kind of almost like the toddler with the mother, uh, you know, getting the nourishment and uh, the boundaries set for them. But in Scorpio, we get, we encounter, yeah, and the physical. And we get, in Scorpio, we get, the opposite of that uh, in the in sense of the discomfort and the boundaries are are more blurry and it gets you know harder to deal uh, to deal with where you uh, start and where someone else uh, or where you end and where someone else begins and what's the boundaries between uh, one another and it can be sorry interrupty per usual that's okay Coming in with an excited idea to play off of your idea of like thinking about the Taurus as the physical body of things. So the boundaries are clear when there's a mm -hmm. physical form. It's like, here's where my body ends. Here's the space in between. Here's where your body begins. Simple and questionable. Mm -hmm. Whereas Scorpio is the psyche, the psychic, the inner realm. So it's like, who knows where I end and you begin. A lot like mm -hmm. Pisces, except Scorp Pisces is kind of more like the ethereal allness, like mm -hmm. diffuse mist. Scorpio is more like, again, that like libido, like the, the desire to merge to just, and Scorpio is like really, really close relationships because of that. They want to right. really merge emotionally and not have a lot of space in between. Scorpio is like, the Scorpio in you, wherever it's in your chart, even if there's no planets, whatever house it rules, it just wants that deep merging. Yeah. And, no boundaries. And, <laughs> yeah, that, there's that. Uh, yeah, it's a toss up play between between the two so that uh, a push and pull, so to speak. And then we get that with a lot of the polarities within the chart that, uh, you know, whatever uh, stands across the sky from each other, they tend to uh, uh, pull from each other and there's there's a kind of negotiating that happens. And that, that happens with Taurus and Scorpio where, you know, we want our boundaries. We want, uh, you know, we want some easy confines, uh, parameters to work within. Uh, we want the world to be simple. Uh, and Scorpio is like, no, it's not simple. Uh, there is, you know, to have a meaningful interaction with other people, you also have to risk uh, vulnerability uh, and you have to risk those boundaries. And, and it's, a, it's a tough uh, road to walk because we need both of those. We need to uh, have some kind of security uh, within our uh, sense of self and also to uh, risk you know, allowing other people in and uh, risk, you know, allowing other people to influence us in a way. And also 
all of the polarities are under one heading. So the Scorpio Taurus polarity, a good word would be resource. Mm -hmm. And that Taurus, the resource, it's like your own resources, my body, my house, my money, my boundaries, my things. Right. And Scorpio is more the resource of the other. Mm-hmm. Like my resource literally is my partner, the, the emotional energy. Like those who have, like you, Matt, who mm-hmm. have like a Scorpio North node are meant to find the, the resource more in another person than in money or one's own personal things and vice versa. Those who have a Taurus North node are meant to find the resource more in their own things and boundaries and have relationships be more separate, still great and awesome in their own way, but um, just not as mergy. Right. So the, the Scorpio in a sense is the psychic resource and psychic not being like divination, psychic being the inner plane mm-hmm. and Taurus is more of the physical resource. So the somatic, mean, yeah, the somatic and the psychic, yeah. Yeah, the somatic and the psychic resources and that they're meant to balance each other, that you want a nice balance within yourself, no matter where your planets are, and that when they're imbalanced, that's always where the problem is. So it's always with polarities about finding the harmony between those two. And and this full moon is very activated in the polarity because good old Uranus that we've been talking about that's in Taurus is actually opposing a tight opposition to this full moon. So that means that everything that we've been talking about with Uranus that's coming in to take you out of the comfort zone of your physical security, comforts and resources, how Uranus is bringing in all this sudden change to shift that is opposing the full moon in Scorpio that's bringing up all of your psychic stuff to take a look at and release. Right. Yeah, Uranus is robbing you of the comfort uh, relief uh, or the easy escape into uh, being comfortable. Uh, And not in that uh, bad way of robbing you, but in uh, kind of how, you know, we say that necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, When you don't have easy access to that stuff and that comfort, then you have to figure out a new way to relate to, you know, your body to uh, to the immediate like things around you money Um, your house your anything that's a physical resource it uranus is now wanting to upset the comfort zone of that in service to liberating you from the rotting worn out well-worn path the old stinky comfort zone right yeah it's uh so it can be a little uh, uh, uncomfortable of a feeling, and especially for those who are born in like the late 70s and early 80s who have Uranus and Scorpio, you're getting this in conjunction with your Uranus opposition. And uh, so you're already going through this uh, kind of disruption of uh, where you're, you thought you were going and where you, you need to go and uh, you're, you're being kind of, 
you're you're having things come in that are not allowing you to use your defaults so easily and you have to in some ways reinvent yourself it's you know it's a transit that's like a midlife crisis in a certain sense if uh, you're it, between ages 42 and 44 ish yeah yeah you're in your uranus transit right now with that that's then getting even more accentuated like matt saying with you have to find with when you you have your uranus opposition you have to find your sense of self in the opposite you have to find yourself in taurus now and not scorpio if you are around 42 to 44 years old you have to um where you might have always felt like it was the other the partner or the parent or the sibling or the friend that it's always needing that other to for your for your changes in life and your sense of self to build and grow now you need to be able to find it in your own resources in your own body your own health your own money your own house and even if you're sharing that doesn't mean you have to be like my you know mine but more that you're you're creating space for that like how can i make money that's just from you know that i'm making or how can i have something physical that's just mine or create something physical that's just mine how can i tend to my body in a way that where there's more ownership over it like you have to find yourself in those taurus traits and not as much in the scorpio and also that when you were finding it in the scorpio you might have been doing it very unconsciously right unconscious codependence or just like valuing relationships too much right and there's also you know a sense of uh as someone who has uh the uranus and scorpio uh natally uh it's also this kind of unconscious uh attempt to uh complicate everything uh so you know, not, not wanting to settle for anything easy, any easy solutions. Like you, you're always like playing devil's advocate in a certain sense, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, problematizing everything, like mm. nitpicking things out, uh, just because like the simple doesn't exactly work for you very well. And so then now you're coming around. And one thing that I'm having to do is to not overcomplicate things, keep things, you know, find ways to make things simple. Uh, it doesn't, you know, when you, uh, you can engage with something that may seem superficial in a certain sense, uh, but it may give you a sense of groundedness. Uh, and it may keep you from, uh, you know, getting stuck in uh, uh, in loops where you get in your own way too much, or that complication like makes things harder than they really need to be. It's good insight, and I also want to pull us out of that conversation with that too, so that we're not spending the whole podcast on those who are in their right. transit or those with Uranus Scorpio. But that's a really good insight of going more to the simple matter of fact. If you are one of these generational peeps, and you know, coming more into the simple Taurus physical spacious sense of things, and not so much being creating all these psychic spider webs with your complicated feelings and thinkings that might see things through a myriad of fuckery. I mean, I can say as a Scorpio sun, 
I know the myriad of fuckery. And I think wherever Scorpio is, anywhere in your chart, it is that kind of kaleidoscopic, moody, complicated, control is such a big thing. Uh, it's just, it's murky. It's really murky and it's magma and you have all these feelings and it's like trying to understand them. And yeah, Taurus is so simple. It's so just like the earth and just a creature on the earth, food, sex, nourishment, you know, rinse, lather, repeat. It's just, it's so, it's so spacious compared to the kaleidoscopic fuckery of Scorpio Scorpio's entanglements, Mm -hmm. inner psychic entanglements. And that's a lot of this, this full moon energy with that polarity, except that Uranus is on Taurus in Mm -hmm. Taurus. So it's, it's forcing you out of the comfort zone, out of the stagnation of that simple physical routine or way of life in the physical and to innovate it. And then Scorpio can scoop up what you need to see to help you keep going is you need Mm -hmm. to change your psyche. You have to change internally. Scorpio is like, you have to change internally. Right. And Uranus is like, I'm going to force external change. I'm going to give the world COVID. I'm going to force everyone internal. I'm going to upset the structure of all the toxic institutions. This is it. It's here. The old physical way is gone. And same with your own life and your personal life. There are things that need to change depending on where Taurus falls in your chart. And then we have the the square with Saturn. Right. Yeah, Saturn and Aquarius uh, up there, kind of uh, the focal point of the pressure that, uh, you know, so we get this disruption of the simple or the routine, or however you want to think about that Taurus energy. Um, and then you get the, the polarity of that with Scorpio and this uh, feeling these complex, uh, the feeling kind of caught in the complexities a bit and needing to kind of delve in there and dive in deeper. And it's, uh, yeah, it's creating the some main pressure. Thing, and then I just want to add right there when the the myriad of fuckery emerges and the complexities make themselves known. The key with Scorpio cleansing is to just feel. It's not to figure anything out. It's not an air element here. It's just water. Feel the grief, feel the rage, feel the sorrow, feel the despondency, feel the confusion. When you can meet the feeling in the mood and just express it, it detangles the myriad, it, it cleanses and purifies, and that's where rebirth can happen. Right. Yeah, because one of the key things about Scorpio is that we don't fix things there. Yeah, and that's uh, what's over. I mean, I'm ready. I'm sorry. I'm just like ready to throw up if I have to deal with one more solution focus. Let's solve <laughs> this. And that's because there's not enough. It's just imbalance. There's not enough. Just feel it. Mm-hmm. Just feel it. Just be yeah. angry. Just be sad. No, be, no act out. Don't go punch somebody in the face or something, <laughs> you know, but just say it out loud. I feel rage. Mm-hmm. And then, and then ex- find a way to express it, make a song or take a run or, you know, make pasta from scratch. I don't know. Find a way to like, get it out. 
And same with every feeling, just feel it. It's amazing that when you just feel, and it's amazing to give, give someone witness to that. Another rare thing that next time someone is venting to you, their sorrow, their anger, don't try to be like, this is why, here's how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Just let them feel it and say, I feel you. I hear you. Let it out. I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. And even just like, you know, that sucks. It, that sucks. Yeah. yeah I don't know what that's, that's like. Sometimes that's all you, that's all you can say. Uh, and, and it's powerful to say that because yeah. it validates the other person's emotional experience Right. You're not pushing it back on them by saying that it's your fault that you didn't do X, Y, and Z, and now we're going to correct X, Y, and Z. And you're not automatically saying that feelings are something that's bad. It's right. like giving permission to feel. Letting, and again, I always say this, but you have to feel the heal. Feelings are poop. If you don't feel the anger, the anger will turn into a sickness or a rigidity. You'll either become some rigid idiot right. Or, you know, that's just going to cause war or mm-hmm. you'll develop some sort of major physical illness. Yeah. Shoving in the anger uh, or, you know, telling yourself it's not OK to be angry uh, uh, or sad or you know whatever the uh, negative emotion that uh, you might want to push away. Um, you know, telling yourself that it's not OK to be that is, you know, this is what we want. Uh, everyone does it too. Everyone moralizes it. The the big one that I see all the time is like, I shouldn't feel this way because I'm privileged and there's people worse off. That's a bunch of bullshit too. Not only is it offensive to people who are worse off, like, right. I know I'm many people's worse off in certain scenarios and I don't want to be that. Don't use me to make yourself feel better. But also everyone, we only live our own selves your feelings are your feelings. Stop moralizing them. We all need to right. stop. It's okay. And privilege just is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feeling guilty for privilege just makes it worse. Right. And guilt is a pervasive, it's not really a feeling. It's a pervasive neural pathway that stems from an over-moralized psyche that has an expectation that it's supposed to be a saint, which stems from our institutionalized toxic propaganda. Mm-hmm. And it's all crap. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's also helpful to know that, you know, there will be a time where we'll be in Capricorn energy and dealing with fixing the structures will be the name of the game. And, but, you know, right now, if we're dealing with Scorpio, it's like, you just need to feel it. You need to like, just settle into own your feelings like when you can own the feeling and say okay i'm angry uh you can uh and you have a place to uh acknowledge that uh not even just to yourself but that's the important first step uh but also if you know if you have a safe place where you can say hey i'm angry uh to have someone event to or even just to write it down sometimes it is just yourself though too and if you you are you don't have anyone that's okay yeah I've had well, that's lots the of first period of my life where i've had just myself and you can let it out just yourself too you know and when you once you feel it it leaves the body that's the whole thing about feelings you can't mm-hmm. moralize it's like moralizing poop 
<laughs> it's just it's invisible but it's the same thing it's just something that builds up in the body that needs to leave the body so that you stay healthy but the scorpio is the psychic part of the body not the physical taurus part like taurus is the poop scorpio is the feelings they are not they're not synonymous but the same thing on different dimensions mm -hmm. and what yeah. It, it leaves that's the beauty of feelings when you cry the sadness leaves when you say i'm angry and you vent it out in some way the anger leaves well and you know in your one-on-one -on -one relationships and i do want to preface that you know when it's safe to do so there are situations uh if you're in an abusive kind of dynamic it might not be safe to say that you're angry but you know in most uh most one-on-one -on -one relationships friendships partners you know it's it's actually healthy to to state that you're angry or that you're upset or that you're frustrated or uh because then you can uh it's out there and no one's playing guessing games and that's the that's that shadow side of scorpio too where it's like you're gonna leave it for the other person to kind of figure out where uh to kind of subtly nudge them into what the action is you want them to do. Whereas when you vent the feeling, when you, you have that emotional uh, space uh, and you let it out, then uh, everyone knows where each other is at and it, you can and begin no, to- No room for manipulation. And this is really epidemic. This is mm -hmm. like, I mean, how, I mean, because Gaslighting is so pervasive because moralizing feelings is so pervasive because the toxic cultural narrative is patriarchal, affecting both men and women equally is so pervasive. Nobody really understands how to feel. Nobody feels safe to feel. This is why we have Brene Brown and we have like therapy, we have so much information and support around being vulnerable because everyone is terrified to be vulnerable. And why? Because that's a sick world we're living in that we're, we are trying to heal. And mm -hmm. Scorpio really represents that emotional healing. Like Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces, the water signs are really there for the emotional healing part when we're talking about healing. So Scorpio, you know, Cancer is more like the nurturing, you know, in the inner child and Pisces is more like forgive all, we're all one kind of a spiritual and Scorpio is just like, mm, just get in there. Like, what is that feeling? Just say it. And if you do have someone that it's safe to do that with, that's a blessed thing, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a really blessed thing to have even just one person where you can be your most, and anyone knows who's a Scorpio sun or moon how salty, cantankerous, ragey, moody, bitchy, despondent, despairing, suicidal feelings, not uh, ideation, that you feel on a constant basis. Because when you have Scorpio on a personal mm -hmm. planet, you feel intensely. Mm -hmm. And in a culture where that's shamed or feared, it's difficult, you know, so yeah. Right. Right. And right now it's putting a lot of pressure, what we were uh, trying to get to here about the Saturn up there in Aquarius. So we're getting this, what's called a T-square in the fixed signs. Um, 
so Saturn is getting a square from both the Sun and the Moon, and well, and Uranus down there, and the, in Taurus, and the Moon in Scorpio, uh, and so it's putting a lot of pressure on you know trying to realize you know some of these uh, mental patterns that you know we've been uh, that having to put a lot of focus on lately, especially back when we had all those planets in Aquarius. Uh, but Saturn is trying to help us to realize uh, something along along the way of how we collectively think. Um, and so also it's taking us from the ego up into the higher self. Right. Saturn Aquarius square is the mental part. Taurus is the body. Scorpio is the feelings. And the mind is squaring it as Aquarius, which is more coming from higher self versus ego and higher self naturally focuses on the collective and the authentic self. And then Saturn is saying, this is the discipline that you need. So while you're feeling your deep feelings and while your physical world is getting upset and changed and pushed out of the comfort zone, you need, and it's hard, squares are hard. They're really, really hard. You need to get more into the higher self and out of the ego because the ego wants to blame and project and go, poor me, and it's not fair and it's unjust. But the higher self can say, life is unfair, life is unjust. This is what's happening. This is the truth of it. I'm going to own my feelings. I'm going to own my experience. I'm going to see it from a zoomed out larger perspective. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the discipline, I, and I'll admit, like this week, my disciplines were hard, uh, much harder than they had been. Um, and, and part of that's just because of that push and pull that's happening uh, in the disruption. Like, uh, you know, I all of a sudden I wound up going out and grabbing a car in the middle of the week without any, you know, <laughs> without any like pre-thought in it. It just kind of happened, you know. And, uh, yeah, because that that's true that the disciplines, in order to be more in your higher self and not the ego, you do need your practices and your disciplines, you need your meditation practice, your yoga practice, your morning routine, whatever it is, because, yeah, we're human, not saints, we don't wake up in our higher self, we wake up in our ego, the ego pities, the ego blames, the ego's like, poor me, poor them, why me, why them, it's not fair right. to get into the higher self. It's like, this is happening because of karma. This is the lesson. This is how I need to look at it. You need your practices. And yeah, the practices are extra hard right now because Scorpio is like, I don't feel like it. Or, yeah, <laughs> or it's a Taurus, like Alexa, please give me five more minutes to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Or like Matt going out and buying a car at, on an impulse. But I think that's in service. Like, I think that's Uranus in service that quick gets, you know, your own, yeah. your own car. Your, your, I think that's actually. Well, I, I'm on that, uh, the, uh, the good end of the Uranus opposition. So I'm starting to, uh, as I was saying to you the other day, like I'm starting to play that country music record backwards. Yeah. Uh, so Uranus <laughs> had come in and joke for those who don't understand, cause I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's that old, that old joke. Like what do you, you know, what, what do you get when you uh, play a country music record backwards? Uh, you yeah. get your, you, you get your wife back, you get your car back, you get your dog back. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so. you're totally playing the country song backwards. Is, you know, I mean, I know that you guys don't know our inner dialogue, but that's been a theme for well, yeah, well, that's really like the Uranus part of it, like Uranus opposition there. It's like takes away, uh, you know, the all these things that uh, were kind of stagnant. Uh, and now I'm on the other end of it where thing, I've, uh, I'm starting to see things, kind of the wheel turning and things coming back in, but coming back in in a more sustainable way. And, so. and also to get detailed to help you guys with your charts, you know, Matt's um, Uranus is the second house. So it's very much about the car and the money and the things. I mean, my mm -hmm. Uranus right now, or Uranus Taurus is in the third house. Uh, so for me, it's a lot about my perception. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been my big challenge is to have, like a new a Uranus wants to get me out of the comfort zone of my perception, which is kind of weird because Taurus is the physical, but perception is non-physical. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of look at it like my local community because that's third house too. And mm -hmm. maybe Uranus is working on that a little slower, but sometimes it's just that, like because the third house rules the perception and that's where Uranus and Taurus is, it's changing. It's like you can kind of look at it like it's changing my neural pathway, which be would be the physical expression of perception. I right. have to actually forge a new neural pathway, which I know has been my constant theme and talking a few um, podcasts ago about going from not being able to multitask to multitask. Um, and there's, there is, there's this continue. I literally feel like this neural pathway in my brain forming, that's a whole new human being, not soul in the upper half of the chart, but human being like right. literally I, the me five years ago would look at the me today and be like, that's not you. How are you doing that? So if you have a third house Uranus, you can know that it's like, you're creating a whole new neural pathway. If or if not natal, we're talking the transit. So if you right. look where Taurus is in your chart, you'll see where Uranus is. And that's where the big structural shift is happening. And remembering that the structural shift can be inside of the body too, like in the third house. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So take a look at your own chart and see like where Taurus is and where you Taurus can get is. a sense of the themes, you know, the first house is the self, the body, uh, the, the uh, second house is the possessions, the things around you. The third uh, is a little, you know, zoomed out a little bit more. It's usually the local environment, but as Michelle's saying, perception, uh, it's where we begin to uh, conceptualize the world. Uh, the fourth has to do with security. You're going to go through all 12? Uh, well, we don't have to, but uh, I just got on a roll there. I know. I just, I'm, I'm always, I feel like I'm always doing husbandry on the podcast. <laughs> like it's going to take too long. <laughs> They can look up the houses. Yeah, just look it up. Look it up. And uh, if you can go on Cafe Astrology or something like that, it'll give you an explanation of what the uh, houses can represent. There are different, uh, you know, uh, ways of interpreting those, but they, by and large, stay in the same uh, ballpark. Right. 
Yeah, find what feels right for you and look up where Taurus is and that's where the structural shift is happening. Look up where Scorpio is and that's feelings around that house or what need to come up and out to be released. Look up mm -hmm. where Aquarius is and that's where you need to focus on getting out of ego and more in a higher self and more of the practices to get yourself in the mind of the witness or the higher self. Right. And then, you know, as we as we work on this, like one of the uh, strategies that can be really helpful is uh, when you have that T square and you get all that pressure on, you know, the Saturn and the disciplines and, uh, you know, you know, decision making and all that. Uh, the uh, uh, release for that is uh, down in that last fixed sign uh, of Leo, uh, wherever Leo is in your chart, uh, you know, and uh, that uh, that can be a kind of release for you. Uh, so, you know, if you want to think about that as your inner king or your inner diva or, you know, whatnot, that uh, that's a good starting point. And then your translate heart. that for the house. Yeah, your heart. I mean, that's really the root of Leo is the heart. Mm -hmm. It's ruled by the sun. Ruled uh, by the it's, sun. It's like, I want this. This is what I want to express. It's the inner child. It's the heart. Yeah, and, and so when we activate that kind of energy uh, from our will, uh, as we're dealing with this kind of transit, then it, what it does is it opens up this kind of what we would call a grand square energy or grand cross energy, which is very uh, potent. Uh, it allows for all the things to flow together. Uh, instead of being bottlenecked up there, like in Saturn, with Saturn and Aquarius getting all the pressure and, you know, we, we can fall into those narratives of, I don't want to make a decision. I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to do the discipline. I don't want to do this, you know, and instead, Leo is like, well, say what you do want to do, you know, what, what do you want? So let's let's take all this complication and give us each as an example briefly to help the listeners. Because this is so complicated. So I'm going to, I want to give my personal and you give your personal. This yep. is how it looks like. Okay. So the full moon in Scorpio for me is in the ninth house, which has to do with travel and inner higher mind. And I have so many feelings that are coming up and out feeling Scorpio. I want to travel so bad. I have this thing where I need to go to Kenya. I'm thinking about, should I become an expatriate? Although I love Seattle and I think that's my home and, but maybe it's not. And I'm like dying to just go on a vacation, but I can't because of ABCD. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let me just feel the frustration and the anger that I feel trapped right now. And I can't really travel. And then in the higher mind part, I have this big idea for a book. And then all the feelings around my big idea, my ninth house idea with Scorpio are like, I don't know if I can do it. I feel scattered. I feel confused. I feel like all I'm doing is filling other people's cups and my cup's not getting full. How am I going to write a book? But then the book writing is the only thing that will fill my cup. So I feel, you know, again, trapped and like longing and confused. Right. So I got to just let all those feelings out without trying to solve it. Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Taurus down in my third house is changing the perception around this and also affecting my local environment. So that's the part where it's like, think about it differently. Mm -hmm. And for me, that looks like 
think of the long game, Michelle, not the moment, because I'm always like moment girl. So the perceptual shift here is like, think about it over time. Maybe Kenya's three years away. Maybe you stay in Seattle and trap, think the long game. So that's Taurus as like trying to create a new neural pathway that thinks about life in a long game instead of a short game. And then also in the local community, it's like, get out there, mm -hmm. go out to the local, you know, do whatever you can, in the local environment, like shift it up. And then the Aquarius part for me, the Saturn is first house, my sense of self. This is where my ego in the first house wants to be like, pour me my cup. So empty, la, 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 la. But when I do my practices and I get in the higher mind, it's like, Restriction births creativity. This is the grist that's going to blossom my soul. This is the perfect time to be writing my book. So the higher self completely takes me out of pity and puts me into a transformative frame of mind, which is amazing. And then Leo, the secret key, is over in my seventh house of close partnerships and relationships, which I think is a lot of me going kind of like asserting what I want in mm -hmm. that way, like in romantic, really asserting what I want there and not what I don't want. And also just enjoying my friendships, you know, as much as I can in this busy schedule. And just like, I don't know, I'm still, I'm still working on my Leo, but it's like really feeling my, my heart, my inner child around relationships. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, how I am working this wheel, so to speak. And if I wasn't working this wheel, I might feel stuck AF. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Matt, right. how's the wheel look to you? Uh, yeah, so for me, it's like happening in my, uh, the moon is in my eighth house. Uh, and you know, I literally went and got a loan for a car this week. So the eighth house having to be a place as a place of debt because uh, it has to do with uh, money from others. Uh, and the feelings uh, there, Scorpio is the feelings. Yeah, well, it's that feeling of, uh, you know, that's a big uh, commitment uh, and feeling a little uh, like, do I have this? Uh, is this going to like swamp me? What's uh, the feeling? That's a sentence. Hmm? That's a sentence. What's the feeling? Uh, the feeling is b being a little overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, okay. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of change really fast. I mean, that's the disruption in Taurus in my second house. Uh, and, uh, you know, even though I got a job, it's like all the things coming back really quickly. It's just like, whoa, this is a lot. Uh, mm, okay. Overwhelm in the Scorpio. Yeah. Lots of uh, structural money changes in, in the Taurus. Yeah. Right. But these things are all like Saturn and Aquarius is my 11th house, my dreams and aspirations and goals. And, you know, how do I, uh, uh, you know, how do I make decisions in that uh, where I stay with the eyes on the prize? Right. That's uh, the higher self. The higher self is like, this is in service to my aspirations mm -hmm. where the ego might be, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is, shouldn't do this. You're going to lose your security or <laughs> it's happening too fast. The higher minds, like this is in service to your ideals, your aspirations and your dreams. 
Yeah, and then Leo for me, like, is the fifth house, which uh, in this case, I would I would translate it as pleasure. The how, like, what do I, you know, what things do I want to feel? Not uh, as a way of uh, not just feeling the uh, burden uh, of the overwhelm, but feeling, you know, the pleasure of having a car now that I can drive and uh, the freedom and the all those kind of things and feeling those things and saying that I want those things and having, you know, saying that those are in service to what I want to do. Yeah. Fifth house, the pleasure and like getting to have what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was that Mel Brooks line? It's good to be the king. <laughs> it's good. to be the king. Yeah. It, well, that's, what's cool. So Matt and I, we worked our wheel together. We pulled cards on this full moon. We worked the wheel and then we created mantras for ourselves. So that's something that you can do is that you can look at the key. You can look at your chart, see what's happening. Like we just described, you can also pull three cards, like the theme, the medicine and what wants to be released. And then you can create a mantra and then you can do ritual on your altar space. That's a way to carry it all the way through if you so desire, because then you become the, the steward or the chariot, you know, mm-hmm. fate, instead of fate, just carrying you where it's going to carry you, you become the director you become the charioteer, so to speak, when you really work with the energies. That's the thing about astrology um, and any of the, the internal planes and the collective energies is that we have the opportunity to create and to direct. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, no matter what, you're gonna be in the movie. Right. You know? it's, that that uh, script is gonna keep playing out. It's whether or not you step into the role and shape it in a certain sense right uh, and is, think about it not if not shaping it you're looking more in the shadow energies right where you might fall into pity and stuckness and uh manipulation and overwhelm and stay there and stagnate or you might transform without ever being conscious of it because you know every version of everything exists So, but that's like, this is just, you know, we're just wanting to give you ideas of how to work the wheel, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. How to, how to step in and just be present with what's happening. Uh, You're not there to fix it. You're not, I mean, you're there to experience uh, and be a part of it, co-create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, some of the themes are longer. So like, as we keep doing these podcasts, we're going to constantly be coming back to Uranus and Taurus till 2026, mm-hmm. shifting the structure of the physical. And we're going to constantly be coming back to Saturn and Aquarius, mm-hmm. which is for two years, two and a half years. And then the moons shift every month, every two weeks. So that's well, the moon shifts every two and a half days. Uh, every two and a half days to a different sign and then mm-hmm. yeah as far as like following yeah. the and the waxing mm-hmm. that's really yeah and you know the moon cycle is probably the most primal part of the uh, of the astrology um you know it's 
the first things that as humans that we recognized cosmically happening is the sun rising and then the moon at night and how the moon changes shape. It's like the most visibly uh, physical thing in the sky. And so uh, it can be a great thing to tap into. And as we're moving towards that new moon in Taurus, uh, on May 11th, it can be great to uh, sit down at your altar uh, and, you know, ask the ancestors or the planets or, uh, you know, whoever you're honoring there to speak to you and, uh, you know, let you know, like, what, what am I making room for? How do I make room uh, for what's coming in? Uh, and, you know, doing that daily is a good check-in and giving you like uh, a focus or a beginning for the day. Yeah, you can do that with the changing. I always look at uh, every morning where the moon is and line up with the sign that it moves into. And then, yeah, full to new moon, what can I make room for? New to full moon, what are my intentions? How can I build Mm -hmm. the waning and the waxing over and over? And then if you want to create an altar, that's great too. Because then, you, you know, if you have an altar, then you can focus have a focal point of energy, which is really great for when Uranus is in Taurus because it's physicalized, it's tangible. Um, And just talking on a psychological level because all magic is psychology, all psychology Mm -hmm. is magic, same thing, different lenses. And that's all alchemical. The conscious, its language is visual and scent. It's not conceptual it's not the left brain it's not lang- it's not words so when you if you have an altar and you have you know a goddess statue your subconscious is going to be like goddess 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 higher values of the feminine you know whereas if you were to speak the word to your subconscious it's may not necessarily understand what you're talking about like <laughs> charlie brown want 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 might just hear a bunch of gibberish yeah, this is what, you know, having a statue of the Buddha, if you look at the Buddha, your subconscious is going to tap in to the Buddha's consciousness and connect And that. And then this is Scorpio energy too, in that when you connect visually in a, uh, it just happened, the merging happens. If your ego and your ego left brain can't grab on, and it's just concepts to you, like an altar, that concept Buddha, that concept, astrology, that concept, and it's all just a bunch of intellectual information. That's that's okay. If you have visual representations, a working altar, your subconscious is going to get it. Eventually, as you do this work, your subconscious and your conscious get closer and closer. Eventually, it's like something opens and you feel it. Or you get a sign or a dream, you know, and eventually if this is you, if you're the type that only understands things intellectually and you have a hard time really feeling beyond that, there's a break and you will start to feel it. And that, and alter and any visual representation, scents, essential oils, crystals, colors can really help to open Mm -hmm. that heart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually you'll, uh, the more you open yourself up to the the subconscious or the you know the ethereal uh it will show up 
for you in the physical because it's there you're just tuning into it and you'll start to see the synchronicities the signs the and you know this is where having those that physical thing of the altar or the tarot card or whatnot that can uh give you a focal point or to be a stand-in and help you to uh to help you to believe it that it's there well, it doesn't help you to believe it. It actually gives you the felt lived experience. It gets you beyond beliefs. Beliefs are superficial. Right, right. What we're talking about is actually having a lived experience of these spiritual, occult, archetypal energies versus it being just a belief or a mental construct. And that when you have the altar, when you have visual representations, it beckons the, the lived experience. You're beckoning a lived, ex, you're beckoning that and eventually that happens and you get an actual living synchronicity or a dream or a sign or just a feeling. And then you're, you're living it and then you know it's real. When it's just a belief, I would, I would not be into any of this stuff if it was just a belief. Right. Well, I mean, when I'm saying belief, it's more of just like, having faith that something is there uh that the stand-in like helps to activate you beyond it is beyond belief really and into the physical having a lived experience of it yeah i think that's you know and like faith and belief are awesome um starts i think Mm -hmm. faith is deeper than belief you know Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper it's like belief with standing power like belief over time and and then eventually you get to the lived experience and that's when it becomes real Mm -hmm. it becomes real when we experience it and it can be frustrating when you don't experience it and then if you try too hard and you're like i don't experience it (laughs) then you're pushing the experience away even more but if you just like have patience and work the practices though and have visual representations and sense and colors and like eventually the lived experience like matt said it's here and it's kind of i always think of the snake charmer you know charming the snake out of the basket it's like you have to charm the lived experience out of your shadow and sometimes it can it can take a long time you yeah, know, it, it will happen. And we're over time. We're- yeah, we, we should honor that Saturn principle. And, yes. Uh, oh. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been good. It's uh, great to be back. Uh, and we'll be back again so- really soon uh, on another Mercury hour. Uh, and, uh, you know, to talk the tarot and astrology and, uh, you know, healing which is what we're ultimately about. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, check out our websites if you, uh, you know, want to learn more uh, and book sessions and whatnot, uh, reach out to us. Uh, leave us comments on the YouTube. You can reach us at uh, priestessmercurypodcast at gmail.com. Any of those ways, we greatly appreciate hearing from each of you. Uh, but until uh, next time, you know, uh, you know, have a blessed uh blessed week, couple of weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, may the, we hope that this touches each of you. So may the force be with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also with you. Yeah.